Welcome to the Mindset Mashup. I'm your host, Michelle Sorrow, TV host on Extra, master brand strategist, author on gratitude, and co-founder of Mindset Programs. And I dig deep to bring you closer to your best life in this lively, unfiltered, and heart-centered podcast. The Mindset Mashup is a compilation of real talks focused on epic mindset rituals and routines to help you get after your passion and potential. Tune in each Monday for inspirational guests who reveal their mindset must to help you optimize what matters most, self-love, impact, fulfillment. I'm so excited that you're here. Let's get started. Welcome back to the Mindset Mashup. I just finished my unbelievable chat with Rock Thomas. Listen, guys, world's number one whole life success expert. This guy is on fire to make a difference in the lives of others in a measurable, meaningful way. And it was so cool to talk to him. And I just want to give you a little brief 411 on him in case you are unaware and haven't seen the Goalcast video that has touched over 70 2 million lives. You've got to check that out and I'll make sure that that link is up on the resources on my site, but that is just epic. It's like a seven minute video where he really talks about his humble beginnings from farm boy to financially free. He's a self-made millionaire and best-selling author. He's absolutely skyrocketed to success earning, I mean, just critically acclaimed awards, shattering sales records and having 36 streams of income and revenue. He travels the world taking, you know, a couple dozen trips a year with unbelievable like-minded millionaires and people just like us, meaning me and you wanting to get after it, our full potential and purpose and passion in life. And he's such an embodiment of what it means to be completely unleashed in your mindset and to understand the routines and rituals that help to optimize you getting after it every single day, even when the old bullshit inner narrative and old limiting beliefs want to come in and take you down on a daily because we talk about that here and it's just so cool how we unpack this unbelievable success that it all looks like it is but yet there's still some real stuff and trauma from when he was a kid and how he works with that and he has incantations I mean he is the the father behind the movement of the I am movement and to break that down here and to see what it looks like in real life for him is really nothing short of awe-inspiring. This conversation feels personal, it feels intimate, it feels up close and real, and that's what the Mindset Mashup is all about. So without further ado, my friends, please enjoy my awesome conversation with Rock Thomas. So I'm so excited that we have Rock Thomas in the house. Welcome to the show, Rock. I'm excited to be here, Michelle. I'm so excited that you're here. Now, where did we catch you? Because you call your home the world. So where are you now? I'm currently in Philadelphia on my way to the Bahamas to do an event. Just finished speaking here in Philly and excited to be chatting with you. Oh my gosh, that's so awesome. Well, I want to backtrack a little bit on how we met. And it's really a passion of ours, which is getting after fulfillment and making an impact and getting out of our own ways in life. And you help thousands and thousands of people do that. Well, now millions, by the way, congratulations on your original Goalcast video hitting 72 million views. And we'll list that on resources so you guys can check that out. But 
That was so epic. You know what? Now that I think about it, how did that all happen? You know, it's funny. I was at a Tony Robbins event, UPW, and a colleague of mine in real estate introduced me to two guys that had started this thing called Goalcast. And I'm like, damn, you're the guys that did that. It's so cool. I love what you guys are doing. We started talking about vision and mission and things like that. When I when he discovered what I was doing with you know the mastermind culture that I've created, he's like, how come people don't know about that? And I go, well, you know, I'm still tweaking it, still trying to perfect it. And he goes, well, why don't I help you get that message out there? Oh, wow. That's kind of what happened. And we got together in studio and kind of went into the story. And it was very validating for me because I wrote a book called The Power of Your Identity 10 years ago. Really, you know, the catalyst was Tony Robbins, who talks a lot about, you know, the force of our personality that we want to remain consistent with. And... I had this experience growing up younger being called pizza face as as a child with a lot of acne. And that label stuck with me for 20 years until I learned the technology of changing it with a new label and incanting it into my system and allowed me to go from pizza face to ruggedly handsome, at least in my mind. And to do the same thing with other areas of my life, like from, you know, carpenter to salesman, from, you know, farm boy to financially free. And all of that evolution started to, you know, it changed my life. But I think that the message hadn't really landed with people because until Coolcast came out, when we had a million people share it and we had tens of thousands of people send me a message. So it was kind of really cool to have people resonate with that message. And it's so cool that someone and some people showed up to support you wholeheartedly to help really make your impact have a further reach by giving you a platform that was so validating and warranted, by the way. How did that affect your mastermind membership as, as, a, as an example of, of a reach of that impact? Well, it affected it big time. We had so many messages come in and so many requests, speaking gigs around the world, I went to Geneva and Canada, US and to Tallinn and just really kind of solidified the message. And then with the mastermind group, we received hundreds of requests and, and applications and we vet them pretty well. It's not for everybody, our mastermind group. So we had a, a bunch of people that, um, that joined us and a lot of people also that wanted to contribute to the cause, forces for good that said, hey, I love what you're doing. How can I contribute? So it was really cool. Yeah. Not to mention, then that really helps for you satiate your ultimate mission in life, which is helping so many people get after their potential. And it's truly what you're all about, which brings me full circle to what a lot of people may not know about you. And this is where I was so impressed. I have to tell you, and I haven't told you this and we've chatted a few times. You came in and you actually helped as a spotlight speaker and you were so generous with your time as, as a featured guest on in one of my masterminds. But one of the things that inspired me in a way that it was just like a, a huge magnetizing energetic force when I saw you, I was like, this guy is doing this is when I saw that you were serving one of your mentors, one of my mentors, Tony Robbins at Business Mastery just this past summer in August, which is a big epic marquee event. It's pricey. There's people from all around the world and anyone from startup to season, you know, 100,000 to... $500 million a year in revenue is what people reflected in that room of 2,000 people. But when I saw that you were serving 
him and the space and the room and the people that had traveled from all around the globe, I was deeply moved because that spoke volumes of who you are and how you continually stay humble to learning and to serving. And how has that impacted your life as you continue to move forward and make your you know, mission seen and known around the world? Yeah, well, well, thanks for noticing. I think that the ultimate edge today is your ability to learn to learn. A lot of people don't really look at it that way. They, they think, unfortunately, they've lost the curiosity that a child has. They stop asking big questions. And I was just at this event here for dinner with the, you know, the founders of this company. Their sales are $50 million. And this guy, who's in his 50s, would not stop asking you know, me questions. What are you doing? What is your vision? What do you think is going to happen in the next five years? What's the greatest book you've read in the last 12 months? Who's somebody that you know that I should meet? He was just pummeling me with questions. And I'm like, I love this guy because his level of curiosity is keeping him young at heart. He's not saying, I know that. He's not saying that I've arrived because we never do arrive. So I try to spend a third of my time with people that are, that are you know, ahead of me, a third of my time in the trenches with the people that are trying to do the same thing I'm doing, and a third of the time mentoring other people so that I stay fresh and I remind myself of some of the things I've learned. So being part of the Tony Robbins organization is just kind of bathing in that, in that top third for me. It's so cool and beautiful. And that's what you refer to as your ecosystem, right? Yeah. I mean, it's part of the ecosystem. There's, there's a few of them I have, but people, I think, don't realize that they have an inner narrative that drives them. The story that we tell ourselves, right? The way we see the world. I'm good with math. I'm, I'm shy. I'm not good with technology, et cetera. And what feeds that inevitably is the people you spend time with. Imagine being in a room with Elon Musk and Tony Robbins and Richard Branson talking about what their vision is, what their hopes are, how they handle opportunities. Most people call them problems. I don't call them problems anymore. They're opportunities. Everything's an opportunity. So language dictates attitude, which dictates opportunity, which dictates results. And the people you spend time with feed your inner narrative. So I try to spend it as much as I can consciously with people that are ahead of me. And when I'm mentoring, I'm conscious of directing that inner narrative. Honestly, Michelle, I don't think people, most people don't even realize that they can control and direct the conversation that they have with themselves. Now that's a huge mindset hack. Where did you learn that? I learned it from many of my mentors. I mean, Wayne Dyer was a big one for me. Tony's a big one, of course. Deepak Chopra. I've spent time in India meditating. I've gone down and done plant medicine in Costa Rica and had breakthroughs. So you know, when I think when you get to that stage where you realize that you're not even close to knowing very much, you actually continue to peel back, rebirthing. And I mean, you just go on and on and on to find out how many different layers there are there. And the one thing that is constant is we have this, this dialogue going on with ourselves, And I think we all know it's like many of us are guilty of sitting down, feeling bad, depressed, lonely, whatever. And a client walks in and we snap out and we're like, hey, good morning. I was waiting for you. How's it going? You having a great day? Me too. Awesome. Yeah. Come on <laughs> to my office and, and let's talk about you know, the house you're buying or the photocopier I'm selling you. And oh, you, you look great. And how are the kids? And we snap out of it because we've chosen in that moment to give it importance. Most people don't give themselves the opportunity to snap out of it enough. And then it becomes their home, the place they live. And it's sad because most people, if you just look at an airport or a DMV, most people look depressed because they are. 
Totally. And that's just as simple as looking at body language or someone just kind of slouched over and on whichever screen they've got handy. Exactly. What do you think is a common inner narrative that's causing a lot of, because I know you work off of leverage and, and you, you, you love to talk about triumphing over adversity because your background, and we'll get to that in a second, was such a great opportunity for you to use your word. But what would you say is like a common denominator inner narrative that is causing so many of us to feel more disconnected or as you mentioned, just kind of in suffering right now? So here's what I've learned from for me is that we all want to belong, we all want to matter, and we all want to make a difference or contribute. That's pretty common amongst all of us. We're all looking for an arena to do that. So maybe you start off as a soccer coach and you have a skill for that. You, you, know, you lead your little league to the, the finals. The parents love you and you feel this sense of contribution, significance, and a belonging within that fraternity or in that organization. So you are compelled to go back to that. Many people don't find that place and they're not that curious about learning. So they don't get better at either a skill or learn what their gifts are. In our community, we help people learn what the four to six gifts are that they've been given at their birth and then to lean into them and to, for instance, you might have a gift of craftsmanship, but it doesn't pay a lot or you're not rewarded for it. So people don't really love the fact you're good with your hands or building or fixing things like MacGyver was. Or maybe you're good with administration, you're good with paper, numbers, and documenting things, but nobody really acknowledged you for it, so you push that aside or brush it, and you try to do something that you're not really gifted with, and you end up being frustrated. So it's really important in your life that you discover what you inherently are good at, and then you develop the skills around it to get better, so it enhances it. I taught my kids how to speed type, as an example. Did they love me while I was standing over them 20 minutes a day (laughs) for three months, and, you know, blindfolding them and getting them to hack how to speed type? No. But do they love the result today? Heck yes. They're way ahead of people around them and they're saving time and they're more productive. So I've learned, yeah, I've learned how to hack things like that. I've learned how to get people to excel. But unfortunately, most people aren't paying attention and they want to belong, but they don't find a place. So is that inner narrative then something like I don't belong? Yeah, it definitely is. Oh my God, it's so true. By the way, I didn't know that. How many kids did you have? I have three kids, 22, 24, 26. Are they into this work like you? It's funny you asked me that. I was just speaking today and people asked me that. And my son does the AV at the back of the room. In fact, he was being trained to do the AV for Tony Robbins. So he's been in a really good environment to be trained. That's awesome. My daughter is a videographer. So she was there doing the video footage us. And my youngest daughter is in LA as an, as a model. So, but she's totally into it. They've done, you know, Tony's fire walk and, and other personal development products. That's awesome. I love it. Basically it's a family affair. You know, my mother and my father basically raised us on, on, you know, spirituality and personal development, which I think is one and the same. And I'm so grateful for it. So kudos to you. I wish they were standing over me and forcing me to pay attention to typing fast. (laughs) (laughs) That would be a great skill. I can barely text these days. It's all about talk texting. But you've got me curious, the company that you're there for in Philly doing this keynote. And you mentioned that the guy had asked you about the book that you know, you, you've read in the past year that's affected you the most. I'm curious to know the answer. You know, it's the same theme, Michelle, that comes up for me at this stage of my life. It's all about letting go. Mm. There's a great book by Dr. Hawkins called Letting Go. 
a kind of circle around that untethered soul and surrender experiment by Michael uh, J. Singer and the theme and the revision of it and the trusting and the allowing in my work and the being redirected to different, different things. And I, most of my life growing up on a farm, I was programmed to work hard. And I worked 12, 14, 16 hours a day. I drove a taxi. I did side jobs and side hustles and busboyed. And because I was never told I was really very worthy or good, I was told I'd have to work hard for the rest of my life by my father's programming. I just lived that out until I met a mentor in my late 20s that told me something different. He gave me a new program. And he said, with your work ethic and your level of curiosity, I can mold you into a salesperson. And I ended up you know, excelling and taking over his business and selling a billion dollars a year in real estate, which, you know, I don't say to impress people. It's just that I want people to understand that whatever, you know, and we hear this, Michelle, we hear people on stage, we hear teachers say, you know what, think bigger. And you, you know, I never thought I could do that. And then it happened. And then, and then you've got to believe in yourself. And it's so freaking cliche that sometimes you go, but no, it's not. That's for other people. I could never be Elon Musk. I could never be Tony Robbins. And I was one of those people that said, I would never in my wildest dream believe I could make a commission for seven or $10,000 just signing paperwork. I had to dig ditches and do barbed wire fence and drive a taxi for hours. The reality is your brain is a computer. And if you just feed it the right programming, you can do anything that your soul craves deep enough. And that's, I think, the message I want people to get is... Surround yourself with people that believe that you can do what is in your heart and so many cool things happen. And that's been a real revelation for me. So you bring up a really good question that I know probably a lot of people ask you and they certainly ask me, which is you talked about having mentors and especially, you know, you've been very blessed by some incredible mentors, but this particular mentor at 29 years old also saw you, saw a fierce work ethic, a, a sense of, you know, intense curiosity. Um, and there is something to be said for a kindred connection there, but for people looking to meet someone that can help open their eyes and mind. What do you recommend they do? So it's one of the greatest questions you could ask me because I think that what people are missing out on is they're waiting for life to get easier. And what really you need to do... So I had this event I held on the weekend in Montreal with 100 people and I had this 19-year-old kid there who every time given an opportunity, he stood up and asked questions throughout the event, the different speakers, etc. And what he had was a willingness to A, learn, but more importantly, is to try to come to the mentor and solve their problem. When you, when you look like, I had this guy who was a mentor for me when I was 23 years old. He ran a restaurant. I was a busboy. And then he offered for me to become an owner. I borrowed $20,000 from my mother, invested in the restaurant. And the reason he, he gave me that opportunity is that I was the one that took all the shifts nobody else wanted to take. I solved the problem for him. He had a wife with two young children and he didn't want to come in between 6 a.m. and 9. He didn't want to stay after, you know, for the dinner shift. He wanted to go home to his family. So I took those on and he rewarded me by making me partner. If you are not finding a mentor in your life is because you're not solving a problem. Go to a successful person and say, what's a problem in your life? You want me to to fill your car with gas, wash your car, get you coffee, get your dry cleaning. You know, you want me to, you know, answer your texts and walk around and beside you with your phone and answer all the messages coming in. Tell me what to say. I'll dictate, dictate it. I'll do it. If you, if you did that, 
um, somebody really successful and wealthy and with a lot of wisdom would download it to you. I promise you they would. And it's so important. And that's why I love that you've been able to draw mentors to you and then you spot people to mentor. I mean, that's, that's a big piece of what you're all about. And it's not just, you know, the paid memberships, which by the way, I want to definitely get into your mastermind culture because what you've created is nothing short of phenomenal. Um, but let's do the cliff notes version of from farm boy to financially free for those who are not as familiar with you as so many of my listeners, but for the outlier, um, let's let's take it back to living in Canada, being the farm boy, and having to earn your way. And what does that mean? So at eight and a half, my father was disciplining me by getting me to do chores around the house. And it meant feeding 22 horses before I got the right to earn breakfast. And he was German, and he went through the war. So he was just downloading his program, programming to me. And it was scary because at times I had to, it was dark. I had to get up. It was cold. There were rats in the barn. I had to overcome massive fear every day of being literally of dying. I had visions. At the same time, I was reading a book called 1984 where, where they tortured people with rats. And I had that playing in my mind. So I was faced at a young age with overcoming things that were incredibly difficult. And the gift that I got was that you can achieve so much more than you think you can. What I, the, on the negative side, what I got was this feeling of being alone and not loved. And that haunted me for a long time in my relationships because I tried to marry women that could fill that up. And I put so much demands on them to fill that up that the relationships ended up not working because I came to get something versus to give. And it took me a long time to learn that, Michelle. And fortunately, finally, I have. And I'm in a relationship that is incredible, the richest relationship I've ever had in my life. But it took a lot of hard work to get where I love myself enough to be able to do that and attract that. And at the same time, benefit from now I'm, you know, I consider myself a warrior is in business and in personal development. I have the mindset that I learned a lot from growing up young like that combined with Tony's teachings is that nothing can stop me. I am freaking stoppable. And that's a mindset. And so when you combine all of that, I took that with my work ethic and I went from 10 or $15 an hour working as a cab driver and, and all of that and the mentorship from my mentors to transferring it into the sales arena in real estate. And that's when I really used leverage of people, money, and you know, using your mouth instead of your, your brute brawn and working with your, with your you know, just with your two by fours and, and, and that sort of thing to leveraging myself to have, you know, now 36 streams of income, writing books, a lot of online products, uh, coaching through groups and mastermind groups and investing in real estate and the list goes on and on. Mm. And how long have you been, uh, in this space because you were in real estate and I know you continue to be in, like you just said, 36 different streams of, of, of income and revenue, but in the, in the space of personal development, speaking, teaching, uh, coaching, all of what you're doing. How long has it been? You know, I grew up without a TV. So it feels like it's been from a very young age. I read a lot growing up. But the reality is, I'd say it really started in 1990 when I got Tony Robbins' personal power, like a lot of other people. <laughs> and started listening to the CDs in the car. Um, so maybe, I guess, 28 years or so. And 
that that really got accelerated, I'd say, in 2000 when I started going to more events. So 28 years, maybe my whole life, but really hard, hardcore when I started to speak and coach and train and, and do events myself for 18 years now. Now, when you started, because there's a lot of people listening that are budding speakers, coaches, authors, and really want to make an impact. And there's, this is a two-part question, but I mean, when you started, did you have any sense of that imposter syndrome that so many people feel? <laughs> <laughs> Who do you think you are? I mean, you could already unpack the bullshit mindset, you know, that showed you that your childhood and what your father was teaching you was really how to become a warrior, right? And using that story to change your life. But still, there's a blueprint in each one of us, that inner narrative that you talk about. How did you overcome that? You know, I think at times it's still there, honestly. I wish I could say that it was completely overcome. Um, you know, I, I'm five months now in a relationship that is beyond my wildest dreams. You know, incredibly smart girl, incredibly intuitive, an old soul, um, you know, beautiful inside and out. And sometimes I, I have to, I get up and I go, do I really deserve this? And so it's still there. Sometimes I speak and I'm like, you know, uh, you know, am I really the one that should be speaking from this position? There's other people that are better. So it's still there in the background. But I have to say that the work I did on loving myself, which was, wasn't what happened when I was younger, that work, the processes I did, the rebirthing, the meditations, the retreats in the woods without eating for days, different things that make you realize you're actually as worthy as the next person. And you're not better or worse, you're just on your journey, your path starts to sink in. And I feel now, like people are like, you feel nervous going to talk? I don't feel nervous to talk, I'm excited. And I feel really, really congruent in my message because I've lived it for so long. But it took me a while. At first, I'd get, every time I got off stage, I'd be like, that was terrible, that was awful. You know, Wayne Dyer would have done it way better and, and, and Jack Canfield would have crushed me and he would have told me to do this and, and you could have said that and could have said this. Now I don't have that. Now I have a different experience is, you know, damn, you really connected well. You're authentic. And I really go first to all the things I did that was great. And I really don't spend a lot of time on, on that thing where I wasn't good enough. So I have to say there's been a huge evolution. Oh, well, uh, no doubt about it. I mean, I know people in your masterminds. I know people that have seen you speak. Um, and you are nothing short of profound for so many tens and tens of thousands of people. I mean, you're a legend. It's just incredible to have you on the show. Um, but I love that you, uh, are just so real, right. About, yeah, well, sometimes I still battle it and, and I just have to work with my mind to, you know, talk to that, to that narrative. Nope, not true. Here's the proof. Here's where you here's where it's working. Here's the impact you've made. I mean, sometimes I literally have to go back through my phone when that tries to get me. And it just did yesterday. I was just having this shit morning. And I was like, wait, I think I know what to do. Just look at my phone. These, this is real. All these experiences in these photos, this is real. Everything else is made up. It's just bullshit thoughts. Um, you know what I mean? And it was able to get me to the now moment. And I was like, okay, great. Now that you're here, what can you do to soothe your soul today? And it was for me, it was like, I got to go to the beach. I got to get in the waves. I got to feel the sunshine on my skin. And it did. It took about two hours and I had to cry and release. And I was like, whoa, what is all this? And it was like, it was just some old narrative that wanted to be really real and heard yesterday. Um, so it can happen to all of us. 
Yeah, I mean, I can relate to that. I think also that uh, society and commercialism and all of that contributes to that because, you know, social media, everywhere you go, somebody's doing it bigger, better, stronger, faster, smarter. And you're like, man, I, I mean, I've been trying to sell a product online for three years and that kid <laughs> looks like he did it in three months. What the hell? I'm an idiot. So you got to deal with that all the time, don't you think? Oh, totally. Yesterday I was sitting waiting for um, my veggie burger. <laughs> I was in Malibu to um, to be ready. And, and it was just a little sort of stand up. Um, I don't know, whatever you call it, little shack. And um, but it's Malibu. So, you know, it's a Malibu shack. But um, there was these kids and they were talking to my little puppy and maybe they were 19, 20 years old. And, and I know it's LA, but pulled up in a Range Rover and, and then he had to take a phone call, which he was very polite. He's like, excuse me for a moment. And I was like, no problem. Take your call. And he was on the call with like a manufacturer and then a supplier they looped in. And it was all about like this massive Amazon business that he's running that then he parlays into eBay and on Instagram. And he's talking about Facebook ads. And I was like, damn. So anyway, we exchange information and this kid is like a multimillionaire. And it was just like listening to the simplest little things that he was talking about in the phone. I'm like, this is our reality. So this is the second piece to my question for you. So while it's really normal to have an imposter syndrome mindset, and then we have ways in which we can get through it, which is like, just get through it. Um, and I love that you're all about getting outside of your comfort zone because that's really where it all is. Um, but number two is, Watching people like my experience yesterday, right? And the kid that you talked about, which whatever, it's like the kid, the euphemistic kid, right? These kids these days, they're just launching products and boom, becoming gazillionaires. But yet at the same time, there's something to be said for a work ethic, but understanding how to work smarter, not harder. These, these days, I think more than ever, wouldn't you agree? To work smarter versus harder? Yes. Yeah, well, I mean, it's cliche, but I think... You got to learn what your own style is. I have something called the Sunday system for success that I use to plan my week. And every time I, I, you know, introduce it to people, they're like, oh my God, that's saved me five to 10 hours a week in my effectiveness, my efficiency. And you got to find the path. I think the mistake we make with the imposter syndrome or what have you is comparing ourselves to other people. It's inevitable. You're going to do it. But you know what? I have some people in my sales office that are number one every year, but they have no children, they have no other interests, they don't exercise. And in the moment, they look like the hero. But you know this from Tony is, is how fulfilled are they? So I think the way I try to do it is I try to find out what are my values and then live into them. People ask me, what's your perfect day? And my perfect day is waking up with my sweetheart and having some quality time with her, working out together, having a really great um, you know, breakfast together or sitting there with a cup of coffee overlooking the ocean or just cuddling and having a few hours of what I would call not lovemaking, but being in love and soaking that up. And yeah, so maybe I won't be a billionaire, but I'm going to be a fulfilled multimillionaire and I'll take that but maybe somebody else has a different program and they, they, they want to have lots of money in their bank account and good for them. But I know what I cherish and what I value. I love, I'm a physical person. I spend three to four hours a day exercising. I love that part of my life. I enjoy it. So if you compare yourself simply in one arena to another person where they're excelling, then I think you're going to always feel less, lesser or greater than, and that's not going to serve you. I use comparison simply for learning. If you're killing it with your podcast and I can learn from you, Michelle, I'm going to applaud that, honor that, and I'm going to be very passionately curious and ask you questions. 
And I will, <laughs> and I will welcome that energy. And, but I'm not going to look at you and see that you're doing way better than me and feel less than because it doesn't serve me. Maybe you spend a million hours a day in that arena and good for you, but maybe you don't in another area. So why would I compare myself? Does that make sense? Totally. Believe me, the hours that I spent uh, Googling you, researching you, prepping for you. And then by the way, I throw it all out. I don't come in with any canned questions. And I'm like, all right, let's just be in the moment and see what happens. Um, But that's what works for me. It's what's worked for me in live TV for 10 years. But believe me, I would much rather be canoodling and lovemaking with my man for a few hours in the morning than doing some of that. (laughs) Right. I was thinking about it today. I'm like, I am a one woman show. Yes, I have a producing team out of New York, but I mean, this is real. I mean, having a podcast is, is hard. It's so much work. <laughs> I don't know if you're considering it and you are being uh, serious about that, but um, it's a lot of work. Um, but at the same time, then you get notes and I, I know you experience this on a regular basis and, and messages from people all around the world um, about what a particular episode meant for them and how it impacted them or how they listened to one, three, four times over and shared it with friends. And that's, that's the why right? Like that's, that's the why. Yeah. It's part of our mission is to get the information out there and help people stop suffering in the way that they're running their program. So yeah. And you know what, anything worth creating that's good is going to be hard work. I don't, I don't care what you do. You sculpt your body. You want a great relationship. I have a great relationship, but I'll tell you what, we have some spirited conversations that sometimes test me and force me to dig down <laughs> deep, deal with my trauma as a child mm. and then push through and come to the other side and but that's part of the beauty i love to learn i love to learn i want to learn all the time i involve my soul so relationships is one of the places that you know is going to expose that deeply i love that so true i love it there's this great quote i think it was ramdas that said just when you think you're enlightened go spend a week with your family and the <laughs> same the same is true for your loved ones right like your your beloved your spouse your significant other um how did you meet your your girlfriend i don't know if you call her a girlfriend i mean you're probably your partner your son yeah, i call her my girlfriend okay, Soulmate, my, okay. Love of my life um oh. i met her believe it or not at a cafe in los angeles really for, yeah so for people listening to this here's the deal is i grew up in canada and talk about you know fishing in a small pond is i thought you know what i i have not met the love of my life in all the arenas i've been into i'm moving to la and i have a feeling i'm gonna meet her there <gasps> Oh my gosh. I thought if there's cool people that dream and live big and are into healthy lifestyle, there's got to be somebody there. So I called up a friend who has a place in Santa Monica. He let me crash with him for a week and borrow his, his fancy sports car. And I just cruised around Santa Monica looking for a place to do some, some work and meet a friend. And I went by Starbucks and I thought, nah, I got to do something different. And then went by a place you know, called Earth Cafe. And I, I went in there, sat down, and sure enough, um, lots of buzz there. And I needed to run up, put some more coins in the car. And I asked this girl who's sitting down, you know, a little, little way for me to watch my laptop. And when I came back, I walked up to her and I said, all right, I've taken advantage of you once. Now I'm going to take advantage of you twice. <laughs> what you say? And I paused and she looked up at me kind of like, okay, now what, creep? And I said, I got to go to the bathroom. I'll be right back. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> you're so cute. And I ran off and peed and came back. And then her girlfriend, believe it or not, lucky me, had noticed that I was the guy from Goldcast. And she said to her, uh, do you know who he is? And she goes, I have no idea. 
and um, the conversation started and we exchanged numbers and I mean, it's a long story. It wasn't as simple as that. Uh, I, I put down the wrong number and she... By intention? She, no, my fat thumbs put the wrong last digit down. Oh I my god! I texted gosh. her that night and she didn't answer. So I thought, oh, okay, she's just being polite. She's out of my league. I get it. She just didn't want to let me down and hurt me. That's classy of her. And then for three weeks, she sent me messages on different platforms. <gasps> But it was at the time Goldcast came out and I was getting 500 messages a day. I never saw any of them. My staff discarded them. I had a lot of messages of people, you know, wanting to spend time with me. And, um, and one day I saw the message three weeks later and I'm like, oh my God. And I checked, cross-checked the numbers and went, oh my God. That's her. That's her. <laughs> like, Thank you. So we started texting and... But now you're not in Santa Monica. We're not in Santa Monica. We are... Uh, no, no, no. Back then. Sorry, I'm getting the whole story. This is, this is the yeah. stuff people really want to hear. Okay. <laughs> I have a lot of singles. Maybe it's because I am and like, you know, like attracts like, but um, this is the good stuff, especially because, you know, Santa Monica is my city and I'm like, oh, success leaves clues. Should I go to Earth Cafe tomorrow? <laughs> 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 Should I borrow a friend's fancy sports car? Just kidding. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but wait, I have, to, I have to ask you a question because I'm like, what? Rock Thomas, come on. When you said that she was out of your league. No wonder, you know, we're not connecting. H how did you think she was out of your league based on what? And I know you're being cute right now, but, but really there was some truth. You know, we, we talked about it. Energy is everything. Her energy was off the chain. I mean, it's just like the, the light, the vibration, the joy. Um, I remember leaving there saying to myself, you know, this was my first day in LA on this pursuit of finding the woman of my dreams. And I was like, Okay, I, this this pond is a pond I like. <laughs> Damn, you know, like, that's wow. a high standard. <laughs> that was like, whoa! Just the first hour I'm here, and I meet this sensational woman, and she chit chatted and gave me her number, or I thought she did. In the moment, I was like, okay, I'm in. I, I am in the right place. But when I didn't get the response, that's when doubt crept in, as it does for anybody. And your brain wants to always protect you, so it starts to offer you different, different scenarios. And one of them was like, okay, she's too young for me. Um, things like that. She, you know, she's much younger than me and she looked even younger. So I didn't know how old she was. So I thought, okay, that makes sense. She's too young for me. Later when she circled back and we connected, um, she, you know, she said she wanted to follow me to the car. She goes, I recognize something in you that I knew I would be with you for the rest of my life. Whoa. Whoa. That's wait, intense. wait, when did she say that? That was the text she sent me three weeks later that I finally saw or a message on Messenger. Wait a second. We got to just stop right here. The, one of the first pieces of correspondence that she sent you was a text and it said, I recognize something in you that made me think I'd be with you for the rest of my life. Yes. So she broke all the rules and I love that. See, this is the shit that this that, that is what I hope every woman and man out there is listening to. There are no ways to be, there are no rules. It's just follow your heart and honor it. This is really cool. Okay, but so you talked about some spirited conversations. Like, what would you say is the I am statement? It's the antidote that gets you soul-centered and reset to be with her in the way that you vision. Oh man, that's a tough one. I would say that um, I've, I've waited my entire life to meet somebody who, who's, who's not just ready for me, but at the, um, at the same level that I want to live every day. And 
now that I've found her, I will not, I will not fall into my self-pity story that I was good at for many years of my life and isolate myself. I have to push through. I have to be incredible. Like there's times, Michelle, when I just want to turn to the other side of the bed and just go, fine, have it your way. Um, and, and just dig a hole and, and have that heavy energy that I've done in the past. And I have, it takes every ounce to go, okay, you can't do that anymore. It didn't work in the past. Be vulnerable, open up, say you're sorry, whatever it takes, be, be present. And I'm getting better at it. I'm really getting better at it. It's not as difficult, but it's taken an incredible amount of soul searching to get through that piece because I want to be right. I, I, you know, I know better. I know enough. I've done all this work on myself. You're wrong, not me. But that's really been the difference maker is I'm 1,000% committed to this relationship and the growing. And every time I have something that's painful or difficult, that's when I step into it. And that's been a game changer. So you're five months in. Are you living together? We moved in together three days after we met. Oh, I love these stories. This is like, oh, she's a woman after my own heart. <laughs> You're a man after my own heart. So then um, if, if you're willing to play, what would be some I am statements um, for you to... I am, I am relentlessly, relentlessly committed to the greatest relationship I can possibly have. Yes. I'm, I'm going to be creative in finding a way to be in love and loving. I am playful and innovative in growing personally. I think it has to do with being willing to go somewhere that you didn't go before, especially when, when it hurts and when you think you, you shouldn't have to work that hard. That's it's not the right term, but I, like, it's a lot of energy required for, to transform as a person, Michelle, as you know. It's a lot of energy to create a business or to get in shape. And it's an incredible amount of energy to put into a relationship. But whatever you, you put into, you receive multiple reward. And that's what I'm committed to. So I'm committed to play full out in my own personal transformation to show up as the best version of myself in the relationship. And nothing will fucking stop me. I don't know if I can say that here, but oh, yeah, you I can. just said it. Yep. You just did it. And I love that. And it just sounds like it's such a beautiful pursuit because at the end of the day, I mean, would you say that this intimate loving relationship with your girlfriend, um, is it the thing that's lighting you up most in life right now? hundred percent. Nothing trumps it. And it's so interesting. And see, I got the chills because just yesterday, that was, that was the whole theme of my like, what's going on? What's wrong? I was like, I'm single and I'm never going to. And it was just this weird, like, wow, you know, like as if you're never going to have anyone in your life again, but that's how real it felt. And it was intense and it was heavy. And I had to call my mom who will remind me of the truth and, but yet not shame me for, you know, indulging in that thought for a moment. Um, but this is what lights me up. It's like asking people about love and intimacy in their relationship. Because at the end of the day, if we don't have people to share it with, what does it all mean? 100%. And I've learned so much from her. You know, she's so present. And if you, if you know any of, uh, I think you interviewed Alison Armstrong, right? Yes. She's my, one of my favorite mentors. Me too. She's phenomenal. And one of the things she talks about is the, 
the supporter enhancer and the provider protector. So I take on the role of the provider protector and my girl takes on the role of the supporter enhancer. And she does it so elegantly and so, so well. She's constantly there to literally physically with quality time and with feedback and support and reflection. And it makes me want to go out and take on the world for her and provide her with everything. Mm, that's so beautiful. Now, Allison also speaks a lot about polarity. And she was, I think, the very first 24 years ago to really talk about, um, you know, the differences between the masculine and the feminine, regardless of same-sex marriages or relationships, um, especially these days, that's so important. But back then, it was, it was really about honoring that polarity. Um, and then when we talked, it was like, okay, Allison, you know, these days, everyone wants like a quick fix. So what's an Insta, get into your femininity right now. And she gave a really great answer that I've had probably a hundred people write to me like, that works. I did it last night. It works. So I'm not going to say it right now, but I want to ask you, how does your woman embody femininity? Maybe like two or three things that she does physically. We're like, oh, she's in her energy right now. I love that. Well, one of the things she does is she has a, a kind of a, um, a childlike voice. So she, she will go into the childlike voice. I can't really do it, but she'll say something like, I think I'm going to get some candy, you know? So she'll go into that voice. And it's playful and sweet. Yes. Mm. So there's definitely that. Um, as far as physical, uh, she's very feminine. So her way of being, there's not harsh movements. She's... <laughs> You just nailed it. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. She floats. Is that what you said? She's fluid. Oh, she's, fluid. She's gentle. She's strong. She's an athlete. She was a tennis player for 15 years and a cyclist. So she has an athletic presence about her, but she's not harsh. She doesn't have harsh facial expressions. She, you know, I think nothing for me, and I'll speak for myself, is a stern looking feminine woman with their face crinkled up. I think of Hillary Clinton. To me, that's incredibly unattractive and it doesn't make me feel any polarity at all with her. So she's, she's soft in her femininity physically, but she's graceful and elegant. So that combined with sometimes that childlike voice. <laughs> You're done. No, I'm done. I'm melted, man. Stick a fork in it. Done. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I love that. Um, so Allison had said that she was like, if you really want a quick insta fix, then just ladies move your hands or your arms if it requires that much movement in a very sort of graceful gesture. You know, no harsh movements. You literally said the words ver verbatim. And I said, oh my gosh, it's so true. Because I remember my last serious relationship, I was teaching him some yoga moves in the living room. And I was just like, inhale, arms up, exhale, fold, whatever I was doing with my voice and my movements. And he just slumped on the couch and he's like, you're so fucking beautiful. <laughs> he's like, I fucking love you. And it was just because that's something that, like you said, it's so fluid and so open and, and, and there's space. It's like, it's welcoming. And, and I just wish that we as women could just slow, slow down enough and let go, as you mentioned earlier, just let it go. And, you know, don't make this moment have to be everything and know all the answers right now. It's the how messes me up and that's very masculine. Um, but I just love that you gave us a, a glimpse inside your heart and your love life. And 
I'm super happy for you. Well, thank you. I'm super happy for me too. <laughs> <laughs> and it's so well-deserved and, and I love that. And, you know, we, we kind of touched on imposter syndrome, um, you know, and overcoming that and really working with our minds around it and how you continue to work with your mind, even in this, right? Because that imposter syndrome wants to come and get us, especially if we've got failed relationships or failed marriages and they're not failures, right? Like, I'm sure that you look at that in a different way. You learned a lot, but that old story, that inner narrative can come back to get us, which is what was trying to get me yesterday of like, you'll always be single and you'll never find anyone. And it's just not true. I've been in wonderful relationships that were great chapters, Um, but it really does come down to being so vigilant with our mind when it wants to come in and say, turn over. This is too hard. Dig a hole and isolate because that's more familiar or comfortable. Yeah. I, I think also what happens is that, you know, when we met, both of us were kind of like, well, how come you're single? Well, how come you're single? Right. And you get a lot of that and people encourage you to settle and all that. And for us, the, the story for us was the same is that I'm not going to settle. I refuse to settle until I get everything I want. And I think for people, you know, like yourself, that's, that's the scenario. You, you grab life big. You, you, you are smart with your personal development. You're intuitive. You're aware. You've got a ton of energy. So that's very intimidating for most men. And therefore, your ability to make him feel like the prince and like the king and, and not without you playing any smaller, you just having the, the ability for the two of you to merge those two worlds is what becomes a challenge because you're very, very successful in the public world. And a lot of men have difficulty with that. You know what I mean? Mm. Well, it's so interesting because I, all I, you know, dream of, and boy, I need to do my own podcast. Uh, I mean, I need to do my own solo episode and just talk about this stuff. Um, Cause people want to know this too. Right. But like, of course, at the end of the day, all I would desire is for someone to put their arms around me and just be like, it's going to be okay. Uh, Yeah. Everything's going to be okay. I got you. Like you don't have to worry about pushing so hard or hustling, like just, you know, you're okay. We're going to be okay. Um, and, and that's, you know, that's a piece where you're like, you can't come into a space of like, you're looking for someone to complete you. Cause it's not about that, but it's also, you want to make sure that there's plenty of space for them and that they're aware of that when they meet you. Right. Because someone like you, I would imagine any woman could be intimidated by you. And it's so sweet um, and endearing that you were, you know, that your first um, impression of your girlfriend is, wow, you know, you know, she might be out of my league. And it's because she radiated this beautiful energy. But I'm sure she was feeling the same about you. And it's like, ding, 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 a match. Both your bat signals were out and were tuned in to one another. Right. Like, think about all the forces that had to conspire for you to meet at that exact place at that exact time, but your intention was clear. I want to talk about that right now. So knowing that my intention is clear and so many people that are listening, insert soulmate, fulfillment, money, better health, better quality relationships with my kids. I mean, how powerful is intention? Well, I think, you know, I say to people, what's the difference between a pro and a con? They both have the ability, you know, a con artist and a professional, they both have the ability to influence people. But the con artist's intention is to get what he needs and take advantage of somebody. The professional is to serve and to make a difference. So I think that intention is, is really crucial. So my intention, you know, in everything I do is to add value. 
And I wake up every day and I think, how can I add value? So the old saying, I learned this from Deepak Chopra, probably nothing new for your listeners, but is like, you've got to set your intention and you've got to let it go. You know, you've got to put it out there, but it's the attachment and the fear of it not happening. So I can tell you this because I never had fear that I can say never, but primarily I had this unbelievable belief that she was out there and that I was never going to stop until I found her. And I just kept on keeping on. And it, and I think that's the intention. The intention is that I will live a full life and I will find the person I can live that full life with that will test me because trust me, she tests me. And there's times when I'm like, whoa, whoa, did I really sign up for this? <laughs> What's the greatest thing you're learning about yourself right now being in this relationship? She won't let me feel sorry for myself. Mm. Is that your favorite flavor of suffering from the past? It used to be. It mm. used to be. And I, you know, I think we all have, our garden always needs to be weeded. And if you do a good job, you plant enough big trees that it casts shade and it's hard for the weeds to grow. But the weeds are always there. The old programming's there. And once in a while, they show up. I think even for all the greats, that's why you continue to do the work. So once in a while, if you don't weed your garden, you're like, oh, there's that pattern. It's sneaking in again. But she refuses to let that happen. And that's the thing I, I think I respect most about her. She said, listen, we're going to live at this level of vibration. And I'm going to hold you to that standard. Now, you've let a weed grow over there. Why don't you tend to that? I'm going to stand here and watch you. <laughs> Beautiful. Whoa, whoa. That's, in, that's intense. Whoa, I love that. Now, was she into personal development before she met you? Yes, but not at the level that I am. And since I've come into her life, she's just gobbling it up. And I brought her to UPW for the first time. And Which one? I think it was uh, Chicago. Mm, and, I was there. Awesome. Yeah. So, you know, I think she looked at it kind of like a little bit overwhelmed, but at the same time, like, wow, this is cool stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's because people talk about the list, right? I spoke about it with Allison and every relationship expert that I talked to and every single girlfriend, even married you know, friends. They're like, you got to have the list. You've got to have the statement. You've got to have what it feels like and get super specific and get inside the, you know, the emotions of it in the day-to-day. Did you do that as you were getting super clear on your intention to find the one that you knew would, was always out there? When you get to my age, I think the list makes itself pretty easily. <laughs> you know, it's, it's like... Honestly, I think there's two lists. I think there's, there's the list of what you want. And then there's more importantly, the list of what you don't want. And that's sometimes clear to make. And I was really clear on that. It's like we say in life, when you're clear in your vision for your career, what have you, you don't have any dirty yeses. And dirty Ooh. yeses get people in trouble. Yes. It's like, ah, do you want to come to the party? And you're like, ah, yeah, and you go. But really what you want to do is stay home and write your book. Yes. But you weren't clear on it, so you said yes because you just wanted to belong and not piss people off. When you're clear on what you want, like both of us, exercise is a big part of our life. It's not something we're willing to sacrifice. We both get at it and we encourage each other to get at it. We worked out in the gym this morning together. So you're clear, it's easy to say yes. And I think that's, that's what made it easy. Mm, I love that. No dirty yeses. Must be a resounding yes or it's a no. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's easy to say no when you're clear on what you value. 
Yeah. So I love that. But okay. So we're going to get into morning routines um, because every single person, well, I'm, I'm assuming you're going to be one of them, um, has a very strong morning routine that comes on this show. Everyone that I bring on is so deeply inspiring in so many ways, um, impacting oftentimes millions of life, which, lives, which certainly you have. Um, but there's a reason why, right? It's not that everyone's perfect or that you're 100% always getting after it, never experience any doubt. Um, it's that you have routines and rituals. So take us through a day in the life of Rock Thomas. So I went on a trip with Tony Robbins Platinum Partners in Italy, and we were on this boat that, that didn't have a gym. And it was supposed to have be this fancy boat with all kinds of stuff. When we got there, it didn't end up being that. Tony was going to sue them and all that sort of thing. But the reality is you, you have what you have, and you either adapt or you don't. So part of my routine in the morning is to exercise because I believe the first hour is to create energy. This is the way I look at it, mental energy and physical energy. So I get up and it, it always includes, you know, if it's in my hotel room and it's sit-ups and it's yoga and it's 20 minutes or half an hour or whatever, or down to the gym or on the boat, I went up to the top deck and I started lifting patio furniture as part of my way to do exercise because that's what I had as a resource. Wow. And doing dips with the chairs and things like that. So number one is exercise for me as quickly as I can get to it. Uh, sometimes it's a cold plunge I learned from Tony swimming. Um, but it's exercise. Number two is outward conversation. Tony calls it incantations. I call it declarations, whatever. So I'm gifted, guided, grateful, powerful, passionate, playful, sexy, sensual, sensitive, and blessed. Yes. Ooh, you say that every morning? Every morning. Oh, one more time, please. Gifted, guided, grateful, powerful, passionate, playful, sexy, sensual, and sensitive, and blessed. Just felt like church. I literally closed my eyes and put my arms up, and I was like, "Yes, that's for me too. That's yes for anyone listening." God, that's good. Okay, so after your ink, your IMs, um, then what? And then it will be a variety of uh, meditation, journaling, reading, um, and of course, you know, moving into good health. So it might be water with lemon, or it might be um, you know a smoothie or something, and and then generally it's you know take on the day. But it'll, it'll include an assortment of those things, um, podcasts, listen to some recording, uh, sometimes a motivational video. I record my own five-minute I am statements that are, that are like my entire life vision that I'll listen to at times. So it's, a, it's an assortment of those things. Mm, I love that. And then you also mentioned that you set up your week with something that you do on Sunday evenings. Walk us through what that looks like. Yeah, so Sunday System for Success, it's a seven-part um, training that I do by video, but the quick version of it is to reverse engineer your week. So I fill in the important things from Sunday backwards because I found when I did it forwards, I would something would interrupt me by the time I got to Wednesday. I wouldn't complete it, and I'd have a crisis that I didn't plan for later in the week. Number two is resource it with all the logistics. So it might be pick up some golf balls, get um, some rain gear, get a bottle of wine to go out to dinner with friends on Thursday, and also make sure that I have um, my car tuned up or get my passport renewed, whatever it is. So I group those and resource them together so that I'm efficient in doing it or delegate it to somebody to do it for me because I have a position to do that now. So it's about chunking tasks so that you don't pick up the bottle of wine on Tuesday, go to the dry cleaner on Wednesday, pick up food on Thursday, get your car full of gas on Friday, get it clean on Sunday, 
It's, it, people have terrible inefficiencies. It sounds simplistic, but when you start to group and chunk, I promise you, you'll save five to 10 hours a week. Oh, that's awesome. I love that. And that, that reverse engineering is so key. And also I'm sure scheduling these morning routines, right? Because that's a couple of hours. And then if you want to canoodle with the girl and you know, it's like, you know, you got to block that stuff out. Yeah. So you block all that stuff out. And then the, the piece de resistance, you know, the piece that most people won't do is like a great actor or actress or professional athlete is you'll rehearse emotionally how you want to show up. So if you have a, an acting role that you're going to go to, you'll rehearse it. If you're a speaker, you rehearse your talk. If you're a professional athlete, you rehearse and visualize in your mind the event that you're going to the ski hill, ski run you're going to go on, the goal you rehearse is, you know, dropping to his knees and moving across the net, et cetera. So what I do is I emotionally rehearse the events. I visualize being on this podcast with you and having great energy and being ready and be in tune and being able to serve and give 100% committed. So I've rehearsed that. So if by mistake, I arrive one minute before and I'm like, oh my God, here's the podcast or I arrive late on a flight. I'm like, my, my nervous system is already ready to kick in gear and make it happen. And that's the part most people won't do, but it's the part that I do because I want to have the edge on my competition. And by the way, that you wanted to show up and serve, that characteristic of yours is what is so endearing. And I want to share something. Um, and I do have just two more questions before we wrap, but you were gracious enough to say yes when I said, Hey, would you be, you know, interested in coming in to being a spotlight speaker in one of my masterminds? You said yes without even like asking, like, what's the commitment? You know, how many people? You didn't even try to, you know, qualify it, um, which is incredible. You're like, yes, how can I serve? Where do you need me? And and then we had, you know, a subsequent follow-up conversation. And what I got was your your humility and your deep mission to serve. And it's, it's, I honestly rock it. it, It's mind blowing. And I know it's why people flock to you. And I want to definitely let everyone know that you've got mastermind programs that, you know, I think you have something for virtually everyone if they, um, qualify, but, um, you are the real deal. And, and there was something that you said in one of our, our private one-on-one conversations and you were, you were so careful about not saying anything negative, but what you were really about someone else, but you were trying to highlight an integrity factor that is such a principle for you. And it's a guiding light for you. And it's really how you operate. It's how you ooze out your mission. And so I want to just thank you for how you showed up. Even in this call, you're just present. You didn't know what was going to happen. Neither did I, by the way, because I don't come in with anything canned, but who you are in this conversation, I just want everyone who's listening. If you're curious, we're going to give you all the resources. You got to go check it all out. So many programs. This is who he is, you know, and it's like, there's no escaping it. And I, I just want to really honor you for your authenticity and for being a man on such a powerful mission. And you're, you're, you're so well-respected and you have just, you know, massive following, but what's shocking in the best possible way is how present and real you are to serving. And I just want to acknowledge you for that um, before we get off this talk, because I don't know how often you hear that, but you need to hear it very clearly on this podcast. Thank you. I want to say two things to that. Number one, I want to thank my father for teaching me. He goes, you never want to walk down the road and see somebody coming the other side that you feel that you have to turn around and run and hide. So do the right thing in all cases, whether anybody's watching or not, and that'll never happen to you. So that's 
Uh, and and I've probably done some things where I should probably walk the other way with some people, but <laughs> at, least, at least it's something that I've attempted to do. And um, and it's him that I have to thank. The second thing I want to do is I want to say to you that Michelle, I love the way that you you're a phenomenal listener and you work craft really well. You pay attention, um, and you I feel I feel very heard by you, and I feel that you regurgitate things for your listeners incredibly well. So I just want to honor you for that because the reason I think I'm so present is because you're going in deep with what you're saying. <laughs> mm-hmm. you're, you're grabbing something I've said and you're taking it deeper. So if I don't pay attention, I'm going to be screwed. <laughs> well, you know, what do they say that people don't care how much you know, but they always know how much you care. And that's something that I got from, I don't know, some motivational speaker when I was like seven or something that my mom turned me on to. By the way, did you ever know Michael Wickett? No, he was when I was like a teenager. He was my favorite. He was on cassette tape in my Honda Accord hatchback. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I appreciate that. But but I'll just I never forgot that that's like your dad told you, right? You never want to walk down the road and have to turn around because you don't want to run into someone. It's that same thing for me of, you know, you never really learn anything by talking. You only learn by listening. And this podcast forces you to do that. I know not everyone runs their podcast this way, but the ones that I'm interested in, it's like, don't go in with like 17 pre-prepared questions. You're going to miss the magic. You know, it's like they could say something and like you could go off there for 45 minutes and have such a better conversation than anything you would have ever planned because you're actually real and alive to the moment, which is really what this is all about. That's the ultimate mindset hack. You want to live a fulfilling life? Be present. Let go, like you said earlier. I mean, that was so beautiful. And it's like, gosh, it's so true. Just let go of all of it. See what's happening. And it's real in front of you. Really honor that. And that's where life begins. Yes. Yes. Oh God. I love it. By the way, I'm going to take your morning incantations and I'm probably going to use them verbatim for my own. And I imagine that everybody listening, um, would be inspired to do the same. So I'll make sure that I actually, um, spell it out in the resources and in show notes, but, um, two more things before we wrap, as I want to honor our time. Um, what is in a nutshell, March to your million. So I started a mastermind group almost six years ago now for a tribe of health wealthy, generous men that choose to lead epic lives and don't apologize for being awesome. And it's for men only. And the birth of that came from the fact that many of us have have kind of gotten a little further down the road where we have financial freedom, which is a big pillar of our, our value in that tribe through passive income vehicles, that cash flow. And we started to realize there's a lot of people that didn't have that education because they don't teach it in school. And people, whether they're 20 or 60, uh, are looking for a way to not have to trade time for money for the rest of their life and do things that fulfill them. And one of the quickest ways to do that is to be willing to learn how to have your assets, either your leveraged vision and get other people to work for you or your leveraged money or asset and have it work for you so that you can truly do what you want. So I started this tribe called March to a million where I help people, you know, create their first million dollars and have cash flowing vehicles by educating them on how I did it with 36 different streams of income. I must have figured something out and now I pass it on to them. But what I wanted to make different, Michelle, is I didn't want people to give up their health or their relationships in the process. So we created 
a strong accountability factor. We've gamified it. We have online access uh, for people to download the products and, and, and some of the lessons. But at the same time, the community where they're held accountable, we have ninjas, we have tribal leaders, we have different things that keep people on the path. And I, I've learned, you know, partially through Tony Robbins' Six Human Needs, people want to belong, they want to matter, and they want to be seen. So when you tell people that their progress is being seen and being monitored and you cheer them on and you give them a kick in the ass when they're not, you know, doing what they need to do, people actually step up because they, they just like, mommy, mommy, look, I'm going to jump in the puddle. Mommy, mommy, look, I'm going to jump off the diving board. We get, we don't get to do that anymore in the modern world. Yeah. So you sent, you answered 200 emails today and you made all your cold calls and nobody gives a fuck. They're like, yeah, whatever. Where's the sale? And eventually people become disempowered. They become depressed because nobody's watching them. If you don't believe me, go into a a Starbucks or into a local, you know, uh, place where you buy something and use somebody's name tag and thank them for the exceptional service they gave you and watch them light up like a Christmas tree. People aren't seen. So I've created an ecosystem where I've, I've figured out, I think, all the things that personal development embodies but missed. And I've created a recipe that includes them all. And there's a reason why I've created 40 millionaires, why I help people lose weight, quit smoking, uh, transition from a paying job to becoming an entrepreneur, and a whole bunch of other things, including being happier doing what they're doing. And now people coming back in our community and wanting to help others do the same thing. It's because I freaking pay attention to what's worked and I pay attention to what's missing. And I said, somebody's going to create the greatest mastermind in the world. And I said, you know, I just think that the universe has downloaded that responsibility on me. And that's, that's the way I look at it. I'm not saying it's true, but that's my mission. So what is your five-year vision for the mastermind programs that you run? Well, you know, we have 350 people that are in it now all over the world. And we do six events a year. What's missing is to create tribal leaders in each city, is to have somebody who has enough uh, passionate curiosity and work ethic that they could lead lead a community in the area. And the reason is simple, is that while you're striving to get to your financial freedom, you don't always have the time to take a week off and fly across the country, go to an event, meet all these people uh, while you're building your, your future. So by having local events with local people that have a high standard, you can bathe in that, source yourself until you can afford to go to regional and the national events. But other bucket list adventures are really cool where we go to Mexico and we go whale watching and snorkeling and playing on the beach and then masterminding lead into the night at a $12 million property. Those are the fun ones that you get to build toward. So what I'm now in in the process of doing is looking for um, local leaders in different cities that can learn the process that we that we have going on now, and they can lead these um, these chapters, if you will, in the city that will build the momentum so that we can scale it. Mm, got it. So you're seeing that what's missing in the mastermind space is a physical being seen, connecting with one another in in real fo- you know physical form versus just virtually. Well, we're doing all of that. What's missing is that we're getting about 50% of our people to participate in events. And the events is where the magic happens. Because mm, of course, full immersion. That you're, right, that you're, that you're meeting online, which is great. And it's better than, than not going there. How do we serve the other 50% that are in the process you know, of striving toward their next level is through more powerful local meetups. So that's the iteration that we're at right now. 
Got it. Oh, I love that. Well, we will definitely list all of the resources and I'll lay them out too, by the way, for anyone listening, like, wait, there's so much, he's got so much, like, where do I start? Um, I'll lay out the various programs and links for each of them so that you guys can just check it out. Um, but, but Roth, where do you recommend that people start? Um, just so I make sure I'm on that same page. So we have a few different doors. It just depends on where you're at. And, you know, Tony Robbins, you can go into UPW for 600 bucks or you can go and do university for 10,000 joint platinum partners for 85,000. So we have a similar process because you never know where people are at. True. So we have, you know, people can start with a, a product at $67. They can start with our top 10 rules community at $600. They can go to our mastermind for $7,000 and they go to my VIP inner circle for 20 grand. So it just depends on where they're at. The, the number one thing we do is listen, get on a discovery call with, with one of my coaches, find out where we're at and see if you qualify for some of the areas. And if not, some of the areas you can get started at. Mm, One of the things cool. with people is, is how to make an extra $600 a month so you can pay off debt or invest it in your education. And that's something that to me is fundamental. Totally. Well, Noah, that goes back to like, you know, how it all started for you, you know, and you being broke and like tired of it. And you're like, listen, I'm going to go invest this amount of money in myself so I can learn from someone else how to get myself out of here. Um, and it was the best investment that you've made and continue to make, which is why it's just so cool. Um, and it's the real deal. Um, now I mentioned this to you before, I think we hit record, but, um, I ask every guest this at the end because everybody's got a completely unique answer. Um, not to put you on the spot or anything, but how would you describe or define fulfillment? Okay, good question. Uh, <laughs> I would say I would say that harmony is a word that comes to me. One of the things is when I'm in, in harmony, I feel happiest. I'm going to use that alignment with fulfillment. And harmony is, you know, when I go work out with my girl and I look at her and I'm like, I'm almost done. She goes, she gives me five minutes and I go perfect. And then I go stretch for a while and walk out the door together and we feel both fulfilled and that we weren't like, Oh my God, I got to wait another 15 minutes and she doesn't care, but he, and all that. So to me, it's really being in alignment and being respectful of the other person, what's important to the other person and being adaptable. So that's a big piece. The other piece is working so diligently hard to create an epic life for yourself that you learn so much that you're, you feel destined to share it with other people. Like you're like, dude, you got to listen to this. I've been down that freaking rabbit hole for so many times and it sucks down there. I'm warning you, don't do this. Like, here's why. 17 reasons why. And, and that energy around it, because you had so much freaking pain or so much pleasure, you're like, oh my God, it's worth it. You got to try this or try that. It gives you so much joy. So fulfillment to me is being so committed so much to the depth of my own growth that I'm so alive to share it with others. And it makes me feel certain that I must communicate this to people. That to me is a level of fulfillment. Yes, I love that. Growth and contribution right up there at the top. Oh, so good. Oh my goodness. I knew I would love talking to you, but I really love talking to you. So thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's been such a pleasure. And I feel like I got to know you on a personal level. Like we were almost having our own conversation over a cup of coffee. Um, but of course, tens of thousands of people will be listening. And, um, and I hope, you know, some float your way and um, get to uh, invest or choose to invest in, in what you've got to offer because um, you're changing lives. and 
and helping people fully get after their own fulfillment, harmony, all of it. So thank you so much for what you do in the world, for taking time uh, to come and visit us. And I know you've got a trip coming up where you're going to be completely off screens. Um, but we're going to launch this next Monday. Will you be back online by Monday so like you'll know that it's out there? I will be back on Monday. So I look forward to hearing it and sharing it with, uh, with my audience. Oh, wonderful. Well, thank you for that. I appreciate that. Um, and for those of you listening in real time, that will be Monday, October 8th. Um, so happy day, everyone. And Rock Thomas, thank you again for coming on. I just adore you. And I know I'll see you again very soon. That was genuinely a lot of fun. Thank you so much for asking such great questions, Michelle. Hey guys, thanks for listening. If you liked what you heard today, please share it with a friend and you can head on over to iTunes to leave me a review. That would be so appreciated. And of course, if you'd like to reach me directly with any comments, questions, or feedback, you can do so at themindsetmashup.com. Thanks again for listening and I look forward to hearing from you.